Poxton Movies with Nikki Alexandru, Matt Williams and Morton Wright in association with Genesis Cinema. Only on Hoxton Radio. Welcome to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. You've got Nikki and Morton in the studio with you this week, starting off a little bit later because of last and retickets. Well, we're not going to talk about it. If you've got tickets, don't at us. We don't care. We don't want to talk. We want to hear from you. We don't want to see you. We, you do not exist to us. Anyway, Morton, how's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. Way to uh, alienate the listeners there. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, my week's been good. How's your been? You're, it is. Uh, yeah, can't be. You know what bleh, bleh, bleh. It's been good actually because I have had the very good fortune of uh, being able to go to the London Film Festival this week. So I've taken yesterday, today, and tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, off work in order to sit in a dark cinema for several hours of the day starting at 8 30 in the morning mm, yeah <laughs> so yeah we are going to be talking a little bit about uh, london film festival a bit later on um matt and i have been up at the wee hours queuing in leicester square to bring you all the latest from the london film festival so we're going to be talking a little bit later on about um the two big premieres that happened this week which were the king and the personal history of david copperfield and then i'm just going to pick uh one film that has been kind of my highlight of the festival so far we're also going to be reviewing the goldfinch and talking about uh, and reviewing the politician which came out on netflix as well as talking about new release this week which is joker which has kind of been hot on everyone's lips news (laughs) agendas for the last month or so yeah um, although I have seen a couple of um, slightly negative reviews, but more on that mm. later. Um, before that, though, we are going to be talking movie news. So, uh, Birds of Prey, the full trailer for Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, dropped earlier this week. So, I'm I'm actually, to be honest, I'm actually quite excited for this. So, the story of this one is is Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, uh, who was introduced into the DC universe in the terrible uh, mm. Suicide Squad movie uh, the start of this movie I th- believe she's broken up with the Joker so she's she's broken free of him and she is going to raise some hell of her own also while trying to help out uh, a young woman um, as well as there's a group of women around her so it's, it's they feel like they've kind of decided to jump on this bandwagon of I say bandwagon and not in a negative way but I don't know whether it's just tick boxy of like let's have an all female cast and like let's just try and do what everyone else is doing and end up maybe doing it badly. Yeah, there was a bit of a race for projects for DC with uh, the character of Harley Quinn as well because I know after Suicide Squad was announced that um, after that was released, I mean mm. there was Gotham City Sirens as well, which oh, was yeah, yeah. a very similarly themed project. So this seems like a kind of amalgamation of those two ideas then in a way because instead of having mm. sirens you've just got this is it's called birds of prey i imagine because it's a lot of them rather than just focusing on harley quinn um, mary elizabeth winstead is huntress in it journey smollett Br- uh, bell is going to be playing black canary and rose perez is um going to be called renee Mon- montoya montoya and they're all going to be helping her out. Um, and Ewan McGregor is Roman Cyanus, a.k.a. Black Mask. I have to say, I don't necessarily buy Ewan McGregor as a bad guy. 
Mm, yeah, no, I'm. I'm not too sure, especially from this trailer as well, as it seems like a fairly muted mm. uh, performance. Mm. I always remember as well that I was once told that, um, yeah, if you see Ewan McGregor in a big role, you have to ask yourself who they offered it to first. Interesting. Um, but I don't know. He's going through a good career patch. He's got this. He's got Doctor Sleep. Mm. Uh, the Obi Wan series that's coming up. And I, I do like him. Oh yeah, I don't not I, like I, him. I, I just don't yeah, really buy him as a you, villain. I don't buy him as a villain. He's not really got that kind of villain vibe. Um, it's directed by Kathy Yan, who directed has only directed a film called Dead Pigs before, mm. which I hadn't heard of. Um, I saw it at LFF oh, last yeah. year, and uh, it was atrocious. Oh, it was very visually flashy. But um, yeah. it was very, very bad. And I went in to watch it knowing that she had been picked mm. for Birds of Prey. Uh, and I was intrigued to see if there was any signs as to why. Mm. And I would say, somewhat cynically, I think it was because she's got a good visual style, but not enough clout to I was... necessarily stand up to producers, possibly. Yeah. Having said, with you saying that as well, I was thinking that from the trailer. It looks like it's got a very it's going to have a quite cartoony bright kind mm. of what's that word i guess kind of like punky gothy style um it looks like it's very like high high concept style yeah. wise but whether that's going to mean it's going to fall down it looks kind of like how they all dress in the in um the hunger games but in the like the flashy bit yeah it does a bit definitely i think my biggest um cause for caution with this mm. is that as soon as I watched the trailer I kind of remembered oh yeah I, I don't particularly like that character they're a really annoying character um, and because they because they kind of rushed Suicide Squad mm. and rushed the introduction of so many of these characters into this universe you kind of don't understand why as such and like mm. I believe from having watched Gotham it's because she's been shot in the head and she's got a bullet in her head oh. that's kind of messed with her brain a little bit and Got turned you. her a bit kooky but like yeah even from this trailer i was getting frustrated with the kind of very affected way that the lines were being delivered you know what a harlequin is a harlequin's role is to serve it's nothing without a master no one gives two shits who we are beyond that. The Joker and I broke up. I wanted a fresh start. But it turns out I wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. Spectacular news! Miss Quinn, she belongs to me. Who are you guys? Here's the deal, Quinn. You need me! He's after all of us now. None of us are walking out of here. Unless we work together. Who are you? You've got to be kidding me. Isn't this fun? It's just like a sleepover. 
We should order pizza. Big Cosmos. Harley, focus. Okay. I'm the one they should be scared of. Boom! Not you. Not Mr. J. Because I'm Harley freaking Quinn. <laughs> Woo! Who's having a good time? Get ready, ladies. Chick. I never call a woman a chick. I like said broad lady woman, and on occasion bitch. Bitch? What are you talking What's about? What's that for me, William? <laughs> that was the trailer for Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn to give it its full title. Um, I believe it is released early next year. Yeah, February, uh, 7th of February, 2020. So look out for that. In other news, uh, Sam Mendes dropped his behind-the-scenes featurette of his next epic, his next new film, which will be an epic war film called 1917. And he is, I say attempting, but I think he's done it. Or mm. he's uh, he's pulling off a kind of one-shot film, or at least it's going to be shot in a way to make it look as if it's one shot. Which we've kind of seen before. Um, the feature is quite interesting in a sense that if you're interested in filmmaking and how films are put together, like I'd recommend watching it. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh, Roger Deakins is on board as kind of the cinematography mm. master that he is. And it obviously makes sense that he's this person to do it. But I was just saying to Morton before we came on air, I just think, do we need to see this story again? Haven't we seen enough war films of late i know this is world war one rather than world war two perhaps there's not as many world war one films but we've seen this kind of one shot more movie that's kind of what dunkirk was mm. and i think you liked it less than i did i remember watching it i've I... only watched it once actually so i haven't actually rewatched really it so i don't know if it stands up but i really liked what he did with the time it the, like different time signatures and and bringing it all together i thought that was quite clever yeah i i, I did really like dunkirk i didn't see it at the cinema as kind of what I was claiming was punishment to uh, Christopher Nolan for Interstellar. <laughs> but then when I watched it at home on TV, it actually just turned out to be punishment of myself because I think it would have been an amazing experience. Mm. I liked the energy of it that, like you say, even though it was technically like kind of different chopping uh, timescales, it, it felt like a one-shot mm. film, even though it was edited conventionally. Mm. It kind of built that tension and inevitability I think it lost its way when you started to be able to piece together ah yeah. oh, okay so I can see what we're going to see yeah, at some yeah, point yeah, yeah. further down the line in like the back of some of the mm. shots my my thing with this so I was mentioning earlier in the week actually uh, when we were at a screening that I, I would put an outside bet on this being the surprise film possibly uh, Alafeth it's got a January release mm. it's a big British director it's yeah. a possible one who knows especially now that there's this news about it as well mm. but yeah i do agree that it all feels like they're trying to paint it as big risks when actually it's it's a very safe option mm. like roger deakins is fantastic and i'm sure it will look beautiful and mm. it, it will be a test uh for him to kind of shoot it in such a way that it will look like one shot but mm. it, it's, it's not one shot so mm. it's not actually as big mm. a test as you would think there's always moments in films that are made to look like they're one shot where mm. you can see that's the edit 
Mm. Like in Birdman, if you go back and watch it now, you're mm. just like, yeah, that's the edit there. The only, I mean, the exception to that would be Victoria. Victoria was genuinely, one, genuinely shot. one shot. Yeah. Film. And there's a film called Russian Ark as well, which is supposed to be incredible. That's one shot as well. But yeah, no, I just think that Sam Mendes uh, lost a lot of the cachet that mm. he generated with Skyfall when he made Spectre. Mm. And I just think this feels like a very safe pair of hands to kind of put him back on the map a little bit and I, I'm sure it'll be People, a very high quality film yeah. but it's like you say it's one that we will have seen many times before I think technically it's going to be a masterpiece people mm. are going to see it for the gimmick of the one shot film they're going to yeah. see it because they want to see a Sam Mendes film they're going to see it because everyone will show up for a fucking uh, for a war movie but for me reading the, the plot which is it's set in the chaos of World War One. it follows two young British soldiers white British soldiers played by George Mackay and Dean Charles Capman who are on a kind of impossible mission in inverted mm. commas in a race against time to cross em- enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers it's like we have seen this story so many times we yeah. have been in the trenches you know they, they talk about in the feature at this immersive experience of being in the trenches yada 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 it's like I've, I've, we've seen it before we, yeah. we can go back and watch and like, countless war films pick a different story pick another thing that we haven't seen from World War One. if you have to choose World War One as a story yeah. pick another story that we haven't seen pick a story from a female perspective pick a story from a person of colour's perspective pick a story from a, disab- like a disabled bodied person this perspective like yeah. why do we need to see another two able bodied white men running through the trenches yeah, it's no, just boring to me to me it's boring I, I, I agree overall and I'd like, I would argue that like you can't you you can make someone feel tension in this mm. way, but it's the film is never going to be the immersive media for the trenches, mm. as such, because you're not going to get that claustrophobia mm. as such unless you watch it in a really narrow cinema with a really stylized aspect ratio. Mm. Like if if someone was doing like a kind of live theater performance mm. or something, then yeah, I could understand that. My fear with this also as well is that I, I can't remember what the film is called. I've not seen it, but um, it was used on Gogglebox earlier this year. Mm. Uh, there was a Mal Gibson uh, World War film, I'm not sure if it's one or two, where he's got to deliver a message as well, based on a true story, um, to halt an attack that's going to... We were soldiers? Possibly that one. I'm not sure, but... it. it I don't think that was it. I think it was even older as well. But he's got to deliver a message to one of the fronts to stop uh, the army leading an attack uh, because they're going to get massacred. It might have even been the Somme. I'm not sure. And like the... the... Gallipoli? Yes, I think that was it. Uh, And like the climax of that, not to give... Well, Mm. who cares? Uh, Mm. It's a Mel Gibson film. You're not going to watch it now. Uh, The climax Mm. of that is that he gets there just too late and the final act is uh, the final shots is this massacre starting and like with a film like this there's only one of two ways that it's going to go there's not going to be room for too many surprises it's either going to end happily or it's going to end tragically yeah yeah so it's just like yeah it's it's going to be something we've seen before either way even in the imitation game i know we're not in Mm. the trenches but the, the the plot of that is to get a message yeah, in on time in order to stop an attack happening or not stop an attack happening and that was told in a slightly different way and mm. I actually quite enjoyed that film and I thought 
it was actually shining a light on a story that perhaps hadn't been highlighted enough before at least not been made into a kind of hollywood feature film Hmm. um so i just think there are more stories that haven't been told that could be told and this seems like like you said a very safe bet a very worthy one yeah, as well it's like, just like January award season you can just Victor. smell the uh, the Oscar yeah. the Oscar bait can't you I feel like we've had a very negative movie news this week and mm. that was not necessarily intentional it's not going to improve either no that's why I'm just caveating this last bit of news which is possibly the most depressing uh, so Guy Ritchie is back again mm. a director that we all love um with the gentleman which uh, dropped its trailer i think yesterday yeah originally called tough guys uh which is the same name as his um production company god yeah just to prepare you another white guy with money um this has got downton abbey's michelle doherty doing mm. an horrendous cockney accent alongside hugh grant also doing an absolutely horrendous cockney accent um so yeah this is kind of his apparently return to his roots mm. back into a kind of classic Danny Dyer's kind of world where she used to work Geezer in. pantomime yeah. is what I'm going to dub oh, it. Very nice. I like it. I like it. Um so yeah it's that kind of cockney slightly gangstery I have no idea what's going on in it basically. Do yeah, you want to no, it's like, us well, no. I, th- this is the really shocking thing about this trailer. I think actually is that normally, like, if you go back to Lockstock, Snatch, mm. uh, even Rock and Roller, I think mm. he's got a very obvious, not particularly original style, but he knows how to do it well, and as a result, you can cut good trailers from it mm. because it's very punchy, it's very quick. Whoever's cut this trailer together should never work again. <laughs> uh, because like, there's enough in there that you can imagine a much shorter, punchier trailer mm. being made effectively. So um, I, it doesn't signal well for the film either, though, that like you could watch an over two-minute trailer and not have a clue what it is about beyond, I think, Henry Golding stealing Matthew McConaughey's drugs. Mm. And probably, by the looks of it, with the help of Matthew McConaughey's possibly double agent helper, Charlie Hunnam, who is also oh, doing an accent, oh, is and he? who proved in The Lost City of Zed, he cannot do an accent and a performance at the same time. He can do one or the other, but you will see him concentrating on the accent. And it, yeah. yeah, it just looks atrocious and so outdated yeah they've got around having to get Matthew McConaughey to do an accent though mm. he's just playing himself and everyone's wearing tweed yes it's just, ugh, I just, except for Colin Farrell why is Henry Golding in this because I actually quite like Henry although he's about to do that last Christmas film mm. as well so I feel like he's about to go down in my estimations but I think he's trying to get his next big projects that will kind of mm. cross over from crazy rich asians and like make him that next action star as such like i feel he may have been cast in one of the next two mission impossible films that are shooting back to back i might be wrong there Mm. um no it wasn't that he is being touted around as the lead in a gi joe spin-off that was it um maybe mission impossible as well but yeah i feel this is a stepping stone for him but it could end up stepping in the wrong direction 
Okay, well, here is the trailer for The Gentleman. Listen out for all of the horrendous accents. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Ray. Man. Right. Lovely. I want you to imagine a character. Your boss, Mickey Pearson. You're too smart to be blackmailing us, Fletcher. <laughs> Sweet Mary Jane is my vice. Your poison, on the other hand, is and always has been the destroyer of worlds. You're out of touch, and I would like you to consider an offer. I am not for sale. The plot begins to thicken. Now, I can't be specific about the heroes and zeros, but our protagonist is a hungry animal. <laughs> there is a lot of money hanging in the balance. Our antagonist explodes on the scene like a millennial firework and has indirectly started a war. I think you need to see this, boss. That's the one of my firearms. How do they find it? I'm making inquiries. His name is Fahok. It's spelled with a P-H, so it sounds like Fahok. Please! All right, Fahok. Kanda Fahok. Please! And if you smell smoke, it's because there's a fire. So you're going to have to stamp that out quickly. These people are going to clean house, and you are part of that house. In the jungle, the only way a lion survived... Not by acting like a king. By being the king. Oh. Brilliant! I've been waiting so long To be where I'm going Oh, it's really warming up now, isn't it? There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. associates had an accident so you killed someone no it was the gravity that killed him we ah! need those phones Genesis Cinema, only on Hoxton Radio. Welcome back to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. We are playing our soundtrack of the week this week, which comes from uh, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, because we did Charlie's Angels a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we didn't follow up this with the sequel, so we are now. Uh, it is time to throw over to Morton, who is going to tell us everything that's happening in our partner cinema, Genesis, this week. I am indeed, and strap in, because it's going to be a long one of two events. Uh, so tonight at 9 o'clock uh, you can catch the 50th anniversary restoration of Midnight Cowboy still tickets left available to this absolute classic with John Voight and Dusty Dusty, Dusty, Dusty Hoffman Dusty Hoffman we're, we're uh, You're on old person. friends we're on not even a first name terms just nickname terms nickname um, 
Yeah. For some reason, I've opened uh, the wrong kind of tab. So I only had the event information in the sense of the time and not the uh, not any of the information, the details. So I could see his picture and I was like, Dust. Dusty. I'm going to go with Dusty. Yeah, good old Dusty. Uh, unless you've heard any of the allegations. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Still a classic film. Dustin though. Hoffman and John Voight, 50th anniversary of midnight cowboy tonight at nine then jumping ahead to this time next week thursday the 10th at 6 45 uh we have got a special screening starting our black history month uh oh no starting our black history every month series uh we've got a special screening of the watermelon woman uh that did actually play last year as part of right long movies and i caught it then it's very very interesting so i really want to see it yeah it follows cheryl uh, a 20 something black lesbian working as a clerk in a video store while stru- who is struggling to make a documentary about faye richards an obscure black actress from the 1930s cheryl is surprised to discover that richards known popularly as the watermelon woman had a white lesbian lover at the same time cheryl falls in love with a very cute white customer at the video store and yeah it's a really really interesting film uh directed by cheryl dunn uh and yeah it just kind of really really plays with like the boundaries between documentary and narrative film so yeah that's an interesting one to check out uh, next Thursday. If you're wondering why there are so few events, uh, it's because the event staff have London Film Festival passes, so uh, it's their kind of like. I see. So they're taking a little break, are they? It's their middle finger to the uh, loyal Genesis customers. Well, we salute them. I did actually see Christina today at the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, thanks for that, Morton. So we right. might as well move on to talk about. Go on. Oh. I will say again, as it's London Film Festival and it's Genesis, uh, closing night film is The Irishman Genesis have a live stream of the red carpet and the closing night film uh, on Sunday the 13th, I think from 7, 7.30, not too sure there, but it's for the price of less than £14, which is considerably cheaper than the 60-something pound ballot tickets that you would have had to have got through yeah and also i'm guessing they're probably all sold out anyway so it's Mm, a good chance to see it um on screen one on screen one big old i love screen one classic Mm. big screen um cool thanks morn so if anyone wants to get tickets for that you can go to genesiscinema.co.uk or follow them on twitter at genesis cinema you can also follow us on twitter at hoxton movies um tweet us about any films you've seen and what you think of them so big new release this week might as well swiftly jump onto that is joker uh directed by todd phillips and co-written by him and scott silver so todd phillips is famous for the hangover movies road trip old school so this is kind of a step in a very different direction for him Mm. um scott silver the writer of eight mile and the fighter and finest hours so this not massive as massive a jump perhaps but still kind of a slightly different tone uh starring joaquin phoenix as joker but in a very very different take on the character from the comic books uh robert de niro is also in it a lot of people um are likening this to king of comedy Comedy, Mm. which is an amazing film if you haven't seen it um robert de niro as a comedian who takes 
Did he take them hostage? Doesn't he? Or, yes. Yeah. He takes a he takes a presenter hostage. It's brilliant. Um, so it's been doing the rounds at festivals. It's been getting rave reviews pretty much across the board. Though I have seen a few mm. bad reviews. Uh, the Guardian reviewer Peter Bradshaw gave it two stars, saying it was one of the most disappointing films of the year. And our friend of the show, Marianne Johansson of flickphilosopher.com, has also given it a really bad, scathing review, in fact. And I haven't read the whole thing yet, but um, she doesn't like it. Mm, yeah, no, I've, not, I've tried to avoid reviews to mm. some extent because like, I think the trailers have been very well cut together, particularly the first one. Uh, the second one was a little bit more revealing I think but mm. it feels like it's a project that's actually fairly managed to maintain its shroud of mm. mystery as such so I am looking forward to it in that sense um, but I, I have heard a lot of stuff particularly when it made its uh, bow at Venice mm. uh, at Venice Film Festival of the risk of people misinterpreting it mm. and the kind of incel types uh, that it kind of skewers actually taking it as like their own and promoting it as like a badge of glorification as such which Todd Phillips has been keen to come out against and say that like that Joaquin Phoenix's character in this isn't someone to idolise whatsoever so uh, I am intrigued to see what the negative reviews are about after I've seen it mm. but um, yeah I, 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 my guess would be either that or perhaps that it's just too much of a pastiche of King of, uh, King of Comedy yeah perhaps um, yeah I mean, I mean the story is it's set in the 1980s and um, failed comedian Arthur Fleck played by Joaquin Phoenix kind of encounters violent thugs whilst wandering the streets in Gotham, Gotham dressed as a clown and he become he sort of begins his own slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as Joker. Mm. So yeah, it looks interesting. I couldn't find a clip online, so we are going to just play the trailer for you, which I think we've played before. But hopefully, this will give you a sense of the film. Please stop bothering my kid. Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. (laughs) This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. And finally, in a world where everyone thinks they can do my job, check out this guy. When I was a little boy and told people I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. Well, no one's laughing now. You can say that again, pal. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. 
but I do. And people are starting to notice. You think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? So that was the trailer from Joker, uh, which is out tomorrow and you can catch it at our partner cinema, Genesis. So review this week, it it dropped on Friday on Netflix. It's called The Politician. And I was, I had fairly high expectations. Mm. I thought it was going to be, I was looking forward to this. Uh, yeah. It's from the creators of Glee, of Glee, Glee and American Horror Story, uh, Ian Brennan, Brad Fulchuk and Ryan Murphy, um, who also worked on Pose as well. Um, so you know, I and I have to say, I'm a big fan of Glee. I know it's shockingly bad at times, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. At the time. Oh, this is a secret. No, I've said this before have on you? here. I believe. Mm, yeah. I don't think so, Morton. I don't no. think so. So Morton's a fan of Glee. I wouldn't it go all that, I comes wouldn't out. Go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. It's like. <laughs> Tash from getting her ears is the witness to it's this statement. L- no, it's like it's the Lambrini of TV shows. You stomach it when you've not got the money for something better. Interesting. Um, How many of the series did you watch it to the end? I think I got about halfway through the final season. Okay. Uh, and I'll never go back. Fair enough. Um, I've, I've now come to hate it as well because the person in front of me uh, in like the 20 minute crush between the DLR and the Northern Line this morning was watching it on their phone <laughs> and every single step there was like two meters in front of them of just empty space and they were just staring at their phone <laughs> and every time I went to try and get past they would just like stick out their elbows and it was just like oh, I'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> just get out of the way uh, anyway no Anyway, Sorry, so this <laughs> from the creators of Grilly uh, stars Ben Platt uh, of Pitch Perfect fame, Zoe Dutch, uh, Lucy Boynton, who was in Sing Street, Gwyneth Paltrow, and January Jones, kind of rounding out the cast. And it follows uh, the character of Peyton Hobart, who is a wealthy student who has wanted to be president of the United States since he was seven. Um, uh, but first, he has to get through the most dangerous of political hurdles which is the San his um his school basically St Sebastian High School uh, to become the president of the student body he wants to go to Harvard and continue on his path of uh, extraordinary success but he has to go up against his classmates without kind of sacrificing his morals 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 um and carefully crafted image it's interesting because it's i think i wasn't expecting what what it is mm. it's it's not it's meant to be satirical but i think it's not as smart as it thinks it is no definitely not it I... thinks it's the election which was um um uh, reese oh, witherspoon and matthew broderick from the 80s uh, nine, no much later was it yeah who's oh what's matthew his broderick? name what's his name the director he did sideways the descendants nebraska um Alexander Payne. Yes, 
It was his first film, I think. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's really great film. 90s or early noughties, I think, possibly. It's 1999, in fact, okay. that classic year Yeah, film. no, it's, it's fantastic. Um, this does I not would agree. Really this is it's what it's aiming for, but it misses it by a country mile. I think... Uh, How many episodes did you watch? I I've, I've watched two so far. I watched... I think I watched five. Yeah, you were saying five the other day. You were saying that episode five was only like half an hour, so yeah. you just figured that you'd watch it. I got to the end of episode four, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm. Like, it, this, everything just keeps getting more and more unbelievable and yeah. over the top and completely stupid and ridiculous. You know, a character gets fake kidnapped at one point, and, okay. and you're like, what? That's the thing. When the trailer came out and we played it mm. on air... I was kind of like, okay, this looks like it could go to quite interesting places. Mm. And then within the course of the first couple of episodes, it's hit so many of those beats that are in the trailer that you're just like, oh, wow, this is moving far too quickly mm. and like not considered at all. Mm. And I think it's actually, it's a really worrying moment mm. actually on like a grander scheme because this, so Ryan Murphy has signed a huge deal with Netflix and this is the first series that they've put out. Uh, and like as I shamefully admitted I slightly likely mm-hmm. um, American Crime Story I think has been really good mm-hmm. Pose has gone from strength to strength yes yeah. um, and he's come to a platform that allows its creators a lot of creative control mm. and sometimes to its detriment mm. and this is really a case there because it's like it's like you're saying you can see what they're trying to pastiche of like this kind of idea of privilege and whatnot, but it it just doesn't work because there's no one at all likable or kind of nuanced in it they're all just self-interested monsters to the extent that there's no there's no root in and Mm. it's got like this weird not disclaimer trigger warning Mm. at the start of the first episode of like oh this examines uh mental health in a way that people might find uncomfortable and whatnot and it's like yeah i do find it uncomfortable because it's ridiculously cartoonish and like just offensive almost it's not it's so it's just so over the top yeah like everything is so over the top and it's so unbelievable and i know that's kind of i guess the aim but it's just too too much it's too much like she you know gwyneth paltrow pays his mum, and she's gardening in like an evening gown and yeah yeah yeah. like what in like fairy tale houses it's like it feels like when i was watching it and when they went to um Jessica Lange's mm. house mm. I was just like is this like a really bad rip off of Roald Dahl mm. in kind of like art direction almost because it feels like they're at Charlie Bucket's house almost and it's just it, yeah it's not real mm. and like and I think you we were talking about it um, before and I remember you saying that the thing about this is there's no they're not even trying to pretend that anyone's a nice person it's mm. revealed later that actually they're awful yeah. it's like from the start they're horrendous people yeah. with no you know he's they're machines, yeah, machines like they're, yeah, they're yeah. not like and it's offensive portrayal of the spectrum again almost mm-hmm. it feels because it's just like this opening scene he's in his harvard interview and it feels like this should have been something that was a revelation much further down the line because in the first episode alone so many different characters are kind of asked oh but does it matter that you're not happy if you can't tell the difference between happy and faking it and it's just like yes it does matter mm-hmm. and like you've hammered that home far too much in the first episode and like I was saying with 1917 as well with mm-hmm. this because isn't it that 
they've got plans for like an eight series run or something and each one's going to focus on a different election i thought in his career as such and it's just like right so he's probably going to win this one and you're just waiting for the shock series where he doesn't win something Mm. and it's just it's already uh stringing itself up with the problems that Hickley of just being such a formulaic Mm -hmm. rush to the finale Mm -hmm. kind of vote episode or finals episode and it's just yeah it's not enjoyable well I'm glad you said what you said about the pilot because uh, what we're going to play you is the clip from basically the opening of the show it was a waking dream the kind that arrives in the twilight between sleep and the real world I sat straight up in bed and said out loud I'm going to be president of the United States it does seem to be the hot job everyone aspires to nowadays. The air of impossibility has been removed. Yes, well, I had that dream when I was seven years old, Dean Lawrence, and I spent my entire life studying the lives of former presidents in order to identify common experiences and traits that led to their inevitable election victories. Such as? Well, I only went back as far as Ronald Reagan because as far as I'm concerned, he created the modern presidency, the presidency of television and celebrity. People like to think of their presidents as characters they see on TV. Most never actually see them in real life. Reagan and Bush Sr. were both presidents of their senior classes in high school. Which I assume you were on your way to accomplishing. I believe I have the election well in hand, yes. Interestingly, Reagan, Clinton, and Obama were all born into poverty while the Bushes were both highborn. How do you reconcile that with your master plan? Well, I have the good fortune of being born both rich and poor. Your family has generational wealth. Yes, true, but I'm also the only son of a cocktail waitress from the Landing Strip Gentlemen's Club in Laconia, New Hampshire. You're adopted. Yes. Why Harvard, Peyton? Harvard has produced more presidents than any other school. Seven. Well, I appreciate that. You're clearly a very well-prepared young man. Polished. Thank you, Dean Lawrence. But I'm not here to see the polish. You're concerned about my GPA because I... don't care about your grades. I want to know you. The real you. Have you ever been compelled to go meet your birth mother? No. My real mother has always been my greatest champion and closest confidant. When was the last time you cried? Oh, I cried at the end of It's a Wonderful Life last Christmas. Everyone cries at the end of that movie. I know. Did you cry because... You were moved or became- Now playing Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Hello and welcome back to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Okay, review time for The Goldfinch, which came out last week, uh, directed by John Crowley, who directed Brooklyn and Boy A, uh, written by Peter Straun, who, direct- who wrote uh, The Snowman, Frank and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and it's based on the Pulitzer Surprise. Pulitzer Prize winning or Pulitzer Prize nominated? Winning. Winning book uh, written by Donna Tart. Uh, it stars Oakes Fagley as a 13-year-old New York boy called Theo whose life is turned upside down when his mother is killed in a terrorist attack at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And in the kind of confusion of the explosion, he ends up taking uh, a valuable piece of art with him known as the Goldfinch, which is thought to be destroyed in the explosion. And because he's such a young boy and he's covered in dust and it's all smoky and there's a lot of chaos outside, when he leaves, no one kind of challenges him. So he ends up taking this piece of art. He's played um, by Ansel Elgort in his like older like, uh, as an older iteration of him. Uh, Nicole Kidman also stars Luke, Luke Wilson uh, and Sarah Paulson and Finn Wolfhard are also in this film 
I've not I have to say I haven't read the book so I don't know I've heard it's amazing mm, it's on my pile I've read um, Donna Tartt's debut The Secret History which is amazing Mm. uh, but also deemed kind of a bit unfilmable and I remember when the rights were snapped up to this it was a huge huge bidding war and uh, Steve McQueen was attached for a bit as well yeah so this has been it's been said that this film is kind of unfilmable basically um most people don't it's a i think it's is it like nearly a thousand like no 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 it's not not that big it's like between 600 and 800 i think and like decades sprawling as well so the problem with this film for me was that so it jumps around time quite a lot so it opens up with ansel ansel elgort in a in a a hotel room about to take his own life and then it flashes back and you kind of get you never get the whole episode of the explosion you kind of get fragments Mm. of it every now and then piecing it together and it's a kind of bizarre story so when he he gets given a ring by some uh, a man who's on his dying breath basically gives him this ring to tell take him to go to this antiques place that he works at Mm. and you're like what why would you do that and then yeah and he ends up taking the painting as well which you're not 100 percent really sure why but he kind of it becomes becomes kind of this symbol this like anchor for him of his mother and something that he holds on to because it reminds him of that Mm. day and it's like the last sort of thing that he has to remember his mother's you know his his mother's memory uh, Nicole Kidman kind of play, plays his best friend's mum who they, the family take him in but that sequence is also really short and yet they managed to make it feel like they've bonded for mm. ages and you're like how long was he there because it, to me it felt like he was staying with them for like two weeks and then suddenly it's like oh she's the mother he never had and they've got this really strong bond and you wonder where that came from and Luke Wilson and Sarah Paulson kind of play caricatures of these sort of like down and out gambling mm. wasters who he plays um his dad theo's dad and his uh, new go- his new girlfriend is sarah paulson and they you know take him away to a new life but they're yeah. living in those houses that were built in the kind of boom but no one lives there anymore that which was covered in that film 30 uh whatever it's called something homes with uh andrew garfield oh 99 homes, 99 homes yeah, yeah, yeah. but that, that was, was really great good. that was really great yeah, yeah. um so there yeah, they're kind of kind of living on this road where no one lives and then he meets finn wolfhard's character who and finn wolfhard is playing a ukrainian with a very bizarre russian ukrainian accent which mm. i was like generic eastern european yeah could you not have just gotten an actor from there that could probably have done it? probably um, cheaper as well yeah i don't, don't really know why you've done this um yeah so the time jumps were a bit I don't want to say confusing because it was obvious what was going on at, at all times, but they were just a bit disorientating, I guess. Pulled you out of the story at times. Some things seemed really rushed. like, And then at the end, it just ramps up. The stakes just mm. immediately ramp up from zero to 11 super quickly. There's a few plot contrivances, which I don't want to say are in the book because they might not be, but I assume they are. But it seemed very convenient Mm. um to kind of bring things back together um yeah it just it was a bit of a mess to be honest it it wasn't great um there's maybe some redeeming features like the performances are all good like 
I do like Ansel Elgort. I think he's a good actor. Uh, Nicole Kidman does well. Um, but yeah, generally, it's just not not the one. But uh, here is a clip from Goldfinch. What thought are you doing? I'm leaving before people start showing up. Come with me. Where? New York. What? I can't stay here with her. Because of what she said? She's in mess, Potter. I feel sorry for her. Don't. We should plan this. Crazy to go tonight. I can't stay here. She'll put me in a home, you understand that? Look, I'm a minor. I've got no family, no friends out here. We have to go. Now. So that was a clip from The Goldfinch, which I think is still showing in cinemas. So I think if you've read the book, it might be worth watching, I guess, to sort of see where it lands. But I think probably the book is the better option here. Mm. Okay, so London Film Festival time. It kicked Everything kicked off yesterday with the premiere of The Personal History of David Copperfield, which I think we'll get to in a little bit. Um, this morning... So premiering tonight at the festival, but uh, Matt and I watched it this morning, was The King, uh, directed by David Michaud, who directed Animal Kingdom, The Rover and War Machine, uh, written by him and Joel Edgerton, who wrote The Gift and Boy Erased. Uh, He's also in the film uh, alongside Robert Patterson, Timothy Chalamet, Ben Mendelsohn and... Lily Rose Depp kind of stealing the show at the end. Mm. Um, so Timothy Chalamet plays Hal or uh, Henry V, um, who is a kind of wayward prince is his description, but he's basically just uh, a kind of bratty teenager, sort of, I guess, going off the rails in a medieval sense by drinking and partying and having sex, which... I guess is maybe going off the rails in a modern day tent. Also, the Matt tender I, tapestry. Yeah, Matt and I were like, "Is he wearing skinny jeans?" At one point, I honestly swear that he was wearing skinny jeans. Um, so he's the reluctant contract. Yeah, he's like the reluctant heir to the English throne. He's kind of turned his back on royal life. He's um, not got a relationship with his father, uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn. And the plan is that Ben Mendelssohn, Henry the Fourth, will hand will bypass him in the in the mm. royal line and go to his brother. Um, and Timothy Chalamet doesn't like the fact that they're in, heading for they're heading for lots of wars. He wants peace, but um, due to circumstances beyond his control, he ends up after the king dies having to become the new king of England, King Henry the Fifth. And I think this is loosely based or quite maybe quite strongly i haven't these are the shakespeare plays i haven't read because the history plays aren't as interesting sorry guys um so it's loosely based or generally based on the henry v uh plays by william shakespeare and uh, i don't know there were some good bits in it um timothy chamelet is great like he does he does a really great performance he's got a good you know war rousing speech um which sort of reminded me of the cape blanchett speech that she does in elizabeth but perhaps Mm. slightly better but and like the fight sequences i was saying like the war fight sequences they're not too choreographed they're not too kind of movie-esque they're quite messy and fraught and i thought maybe perhaps quite realistic which was good but it did kind of drag in the middle 
ah, there's some Robert Pattinson's got a very weird and awful French accent he plays the, the, the son of the French king and everyone in the audience was laughing there's even a line where he says let's speak English instead and it's like is that just because Robert Pattinson didn't want to learn French <laughs> like what so bizarre um, mm, and yeah. I also said to Matt it's a similar thing how I feel about 1917 it's like do we need to see this story again it's like another white man's story that we've seen before many a time it, it wasn't really saying anything new or doing anything different it's a Netflix production I don't think if you want to watch it there's no point in going to pay to see this at the cinema yeah. the, uh, the kind of slightly redeeming feature is Lily Rose Depp at the end plays um, the French princess that uh, is betrothed to Timothy Chalamet's character and she kind of takes him to school in a way and just says you know I'm not going to submit to you and kind of pulls the rug out from underneath him in a way and pulls all his everything that's from that's happened in the film apart and sort of challenges him on it in a really great scene um so yeah there there are elements that work i think there's good scenes and timothy chamelay's performance is great but overall i was just i wasn't enthralled mm. by it it's a very odd proposition to be fair it's part of that mini subgenre that's coming out now of edgy australian directors taking on shakespeare with mm. justin Kurzel's macbeth as well mm. And also, weirdly, there was um, Netflix's The uh, Outlaw King last year, uh, Aleph as well. So they've kind of got this slight, not obsession as it's only the second one, but leaning towards medieval actioners that I, I don't understand who's going to watch it at home. Like, yeah. I don't understand who the audience for this is. No. Um, so we will come on to personal history, David Caulfield, because I think the new trailer for that dropped as well this week. So we'll play out with that um, but first I just wanted to highlight uh, a film that I did really enjoy which I saw yesterday which is Xavier Dolan's new film uh, he is the writer-director of this and he also wrote and directed Mommy which was an amazing film that I think Matt and I saw at the film festival a couple of years ago he's also directed things like I Killed My Mother and Tom at the Farm uh, this also stars him as well as Harris Dickinson from uh, Beach Rats uh, Anne Dorville and Gabriel Dalmida Fritas so it focuses on a group of friends in their late 20s but the kind of main story is between Matthias and Maxime who have been friends since they were children and that's played by Xavier Dolan and Gabrielle I can't I'm not going to do surname because I did it wrong anyway um, and they go to this party Dalmeida 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 Fritas oh yeah okay fine whatever um, they go to this party and at the party one of their friend's sisters is making this short film for her film school and they get roped into being in it and in it they have to kiss each other and it's all this kind of like build up there's a lot of um, them joking about how um, Matthias is quite they call him a grammar Nazi and they, he's quite proper and they they try to trick him into being in this film um, by losing this bet because he claims that he didn't correct someone's grammar and they're like oh well we've got it on tape from the birthday party and they play the tape and anyway so he has to do this dare and be in the film after the kiss happens the friends kind of lose touch and it's this insane tension between them because they don't talk about it and it's clear that Mate the way Mateus it's kind of 
set him on fire i think and just like change the way he's looking mm. at himself and his sexuality and he's everything's thrown into question but there's so much unsaid like none of this is kind of spoken about it's all in the performances and the acting and what xavier dolan does so well i think is the way he films the way he frames things in shots a lot of this is kind of framed through window frames or like it's got the the frame has got something around the outside and then there's like the focus yeah. is in the middle there's a point where it, it always quite often zooms away from the action and put places you outside as the viewer through a window or looking in from a cupboard and everything around it is like framed by part of the landscape around what's happening and it's just really well shot it's really well done the te- i i felt the kind of tension throughout and you're you're just waiting you're like wishing for them to just have a conversation and, and get everything out in the open and it's counting down to maxime leaving for two years to move to australia mm. and just all this emotion that's like bubbling under the surface that none of them want to deal with and i have to say i cried through the credits i just sat there had a little weep um but yeah i really enjoyed it so if you can catch that it's called Mateus and maxime uh, i would recommend it highly uh, so opening film of the festival was Personal History of David Copperfield, directed by Amando Inanucci, director of uh, Death of Stalin, uh, written by Simon Blackwell and based on the Charles Dickens novel, which, which I haven't read. Um, this stars Dev Patel as the title character of David Copperfield, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, Ben Whishaw, Tilda Swinton, Hugh Laurie, um, Peter Capaldi, Benedict Wand. Honestly, the, the cast list is incredible. Mm. And... They have uh, done racially blind casting for this film. So that's just across yeah. the board, which is really great, I think. And for something like, you know, David Copperfield, you could make, everyone can make that argument of like, well, it's historical, so we don't have to cast anyone that isn't white. But um, but it, it's more historical to like yeah, cast lots of different yeah. races it, of people for Victorian England. It's good in some ways it's a kind of similar thing with the king it's like there's elements that are interesting but it becomes very farcical and slapstick very mm. quickly and just a bit silly in a way and uh, it lagged it really did lag in the middle i liked some of the different ways that he tries to bring you into the story so you've got david copperfield kind of narrating his own life and it's like he's taking a stroll through his own life so he's kind of appearing in the scenes next to his past self and then you know there's clips that they play on a projector that's sequences and Mm. it tells his story of being fairly wealthy to being poor to being wealthy again to being poor again and Tilda Swinton gives a pretty uh, madcap performance kind of chewing the scenery but she's great um yeah it's i've seen some really good reviews for it i think it is interesting i think you liked death of stalin which i didn't love to be honest i didn't first time around but then i rewatched it last christmas and enjoyed it more okay but it is quite stale in terms mm. of its staging and its cinematography this is more interesting in terms of cinematography okay. and staging but i think maybe the story isn't mm. massively interesting Uh, Anyway, we're going to play the trailer, which dropped this week, and we'll be back uh, next week talking more movies. This narrative is far more than mere fiction. Are you David Copperfield? I am indeed. It is the true story of the life I was about to lead. Your mama is ill. 
How old is she? Very ill. Dangerously ill. She's dead. We're very sorry. I can easily recall people of strong character. Good morning! Good morning. You're too early for Sherry. A little early. And weave their memory. Come in. Form a queue. Into my life's journey. We're ruined. Just because they're like a castle. Bailiffs! How can we be ruined? Like a big castle. Pets. We could keep him as a little pet. <laughs> It was a joke. I'm sorry. I've been attempting to learn gentleman's humor from a book. This calls for a celebration. Hooray! This is a remarkable day. Did you hear that? I'm a huge maniac! What an adventure we have had. Oh, on your head! What are you doing? Medicine. Reviving you. This is salad dressing. Awful. Is it? <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Thank you. Um, so, what was your name? Copperfield. 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 This is Cromwell Crosserfield. Looks like a Simpsons Copperfield. character. Not a specific Simpsons character, but just like. Oh, donkey! This is a donkey prison. <laughs> <laughs> Remarkable woman. Very kind. He has. Uh, 